Hello again, new and loyal contributors and subscribers to New Discourses. This is James Lindsay. You're listening to James Lindsay Only Subs, my subscribers only podcast. And of course, as always, although I don't say it or show it enough, you have my gratitude for your support. I'm recording this. You are not listening to this on, but I'm recording this on January 7th which is to say January 6th, again, because yesterday was January 6th, and the day before that was January 6th, and the day before that was January 6th. And according to the New York Times, as they published on the 1st of January this year, every day since January 6th of last year is January 6th. Every day is January 6th now. That's the headline from the New York Times. Every day is January 6th. And of course, what's their point? Their point is that that's a day, the preposterous pseudo-reality that the left is trying to spin here, the Democrats are trying to spin here. Every day is now a day that we have to reckon with the fact that Trumpers allegedly tried to pull an insurrection and overthrow our democracy, where of course our democracy for leftoids is uh, their bid for communism and domination. But I just want to connect a dot for you. You've heard this before if you're a New Discourses podcast listener, which you probably are. You have to understand that repressive tolerance from Herbert Marcuse, I put this on Twitter, you probably knew this was coming. Repressive tolerance from 1965 by Herbert Marcuse is that headline. It has come to life. So I'm just going to read a little piece of repressive tolerance to you and remind you of what it says so that you can understand that when the New York Times publishes an article with the headline, every day is January 6th now, given what preposterous things they want to believe about January 6th, you can see where this comes from. Because I keep trying to tell people we live in the logic of Herbert Marcuse's philosophy from the 1960s. In particular, we, we live under the logic of repressive tolerance. So this is a part from fairly down, fairly far down in the essay. This is, in fact, the thesis statement of the essay, and then a little bit past that, a few paragraphs worth. So let's just read through it again to remind you. Remember, the context that you cannot lose track of for this is every day is January 6th now. In other words, every day is a day that we have to reckon with the fact that MAGA and President Trump attempted a so-called insurrection of the government. They're going to overthrow the United States government and interrupt our democracy. You have to have a very breathy, feverishly scared voice because who knows, you could have died and then everybody's going to want to date you. You never know. So what does Marcuse say? Because every day is January 6th. He says, liberating tolerance then would mean intolerance against movements from the right and toleration of movements from the left. And if you don't understand that January 6th being a mild, somewhat disgraceful event that probably involved things you shouldn't say on podcasts that play on YouTube or whatever, like uh, federal government involvement, uh, but it will say that it was a minor protest and riot, minorly, possibly even adequate to say that it was a shameful event in some regards. Um, for whatever set of reasons that it occurred. You have this minor event from the right. A year later, people are on the, on the left are just shitting their pants about it still, pretending like it's this big issue, having vigils that were organized by Antifa and all this other nonsense, right? After literally months 
of cities, including D.C., being on fire as Black Lives Matter and Antifa raged in the wake of the death of George Floyd, as though that somehow, if I recall correctly, we're supposed to remember that that's the voice of the unheard speaking or some shit. So liberating tolerance then would mean intolerance against movements from the right, stop the steal, shall not be tolerated. In fact, it's going to be the worst thing that ever happened in America because it got somewhat out of hand, probably for reasons that are not even organic. And Marcusa tells us toleration of movements from the left because BLM Antifa riots of 2020 were just the voice of the unheard. In fact, the march on the, the, in 2018 on the Capitol, the riots in 2016 after Trump's or 17 after Trump's inauguration in the Capitol, those were from the left. Those are perfectly okay. Those must be to- be tolerated because we're dealing not with regular tolerance but liberating tolerance. And every day is January 6th now. Liberating tolerance then would mean intolerance against movements from the right and toleration of movements from the left. As to the scope of this tolerance Marcuse teaches us and intolerance, it would extend to the stage of action as well as of discussion and propaganda, of deed as well as of word. So we are going to be absolutely intolerant of deed and word on the right, nevertheless, uh, to say nothing of action, and we're going to be tolerant of cities on fire from the left. He tells us this explicitly. We live in the logic of this philosopher, this Marxist philosopher from the 1960s. We live in his logic, and this essay is kind of like the enforcement arm of his logic. The traditional criterion, he says, this is very important because every day is January 6th now, The traditional criterion of clear and present danger seems no longer adequate to a stage where the whole society is in the situation of the theater audience when somebody cries fire. It is a situation in which the total catastrophe could be triggered off any moment, not only by a technical error, but also by a rational miscalculation of risks or by a rash speech of one of the leaders. Now, what he's talking about there is nuclear calamity and We'll give him a little credit writing that in the 60s. There were nearly technical errors that started nuclear wars. Um, NORAD missile defense at one point detected the rising moon and thought it was an incoming missile volley over Norway. It was ready to fire the counterstrike, and luckily cooler heads prevailed, and they did not fire nukes at the Soviet Union because their machine picked up the moon thinking it was missiles coming in. So technical error, rational miscalculation of risks, or a rash speech of one of the leaders. Remember how they freaked out when Donald Trump called called Kim Jong, which one is he? Un ill un whichever the fuck one it is. Now the little fat. They call, he said he wasn't going to call him fat, and then he called him Rocket Man, and they all lost his mind. I lost my mind. I was like, we're going to have a nuclear disaster by a rash speech of one of the leaders. And so we live in the. This is this is the situation that they're envisioning. And of course, January 6th is tied up with that. And January 6th is also tied up with the idea that our democracy is going to be destroyed. The total catastrophe could be triggered off at any moment by a rash speech of one of the leaders. So Marcuse says, in in past and different circumstances, the speeches of the fascist and Nazi leaders were an immediate prologue to the massacre. But that's exactly what they're saying January 6th was about. Trump gave this speech, said, go tell him at the Capitol what's up. People go down to the Capitol, yell, next thing you know, it's a riot, it's an insurrection. Oh my God, AOC died six times that day, as it turned out. Um, She wasn't in the building, but I digress. 
The distance between the propaganda and the action between the organization and its release on the people had become too short. That's what Marcuse says. So the speeches of Trump were the immediate prologue to the insurrection. The distance between the propaganda and the action between the organization and its release on the people had become too short. So we live in this essay. Every day is January 6th now. We haven't got to that part of the essay yet. But the spreading of the word could have been stopped before it was too late, Marcusa tells us. If democratic tolerance had been withdrawn when the future leaders started their campaign, mankind would have been uh, would have had the chance of avoiding Auschwitz and a world war. So we better take Trump off of Twitter now, specifically because of that. We just have to withdraw democratic tolerance when the future leaders might begin their campaign as no longer being president. Mankind could be spared the chance of avoiding Auschwitz in a world war. I'm telling you, we live in this essay. And here's where we get to the part, though. Every day is January 6th now. Every day is a day where clear and present danger to our democracy is exhibited. Every day is a day when these pestilential deplorables without their vaccines could ruin society. And what does Marcuse say following up this, this statement that if we just withdrew tolerance, democratic tolerance from the leaders, that we could prevent terrible things? Marcuse goes on to say the whole post-fascist period is one of clear and present danger. In other words, every day is January 6th now. The whole post-January 6th period is one of clear and present danger. It's all it takes is to change that one thing. We live in this essay. The whole post-fascist period is one of clear and present danger. Consequently, true pacification requires the withdrawal of tolerance before the deed at the stage of communication and word, print, and picture. Gotta get him off Twitter. Got to get him off social media. Such extreme suspension of the right of free speech and free assembly is indeed justified only if the whole of society is in extreme danger. Every day is January 6th now. So therefore, extreme suspension of the right of free speech and free assembly is justified because the society is in extreme danger because every day is January 6th now. And so we continue. I maintain, Herbert says, Marcusa says, I maintain that our society is in such an emergency situation and that it has become the normal state of affairs. Every day is January 6th. Now, New York Times. Different opinions and philosophies can no longer compete peacefully for adherence and persuasion on rational grounds. The marketplace of ideas is organized and delimited by those who determine the national and the individual interest. In this society for which the ideologists have proclaimed the end of ideology, the false consciousness has become the general consciousness from the government down to, from the government down to its last objects. The small and powerless minorities which struggle against the false consciousness and its beneficiaries must be helped. Because it's January 6th, we have to have critical race theory. We have to have queer theory. We have to indoctrinate our children. In schools, we need SEL to become the vehicle by which we break them down psychologically to inject this stuff into the schools. Why? Because Trump and the small and powerless minorities which struggle against the false consciousness as beneficiaries must be helped. They must, in fact, have a critical consciousness raised. You see, as Marcuse tells us, their continued existence is more important than the preservation of abused rights and liberties which grant constitutional powers to those who oppress these minorities. Did you get that? 
their continued existence, the powerless minorities, who can ruin your life with a word, racist, can get you fired from your job with a word, racist, get you condemned by your city with a word, racist, because they're small and powerless. They can get you absolutely removed from civil life like Amy Cooper with a word because they're powerless. Their continued existence is more important than the preservation of abused rights and liberties which grant constitutional powers to those who oppress these minorities. And remember, they called Trump racist, sexist, misogynist, homophobic, again and again and again and again. The abused rights and liberties which grant constitutional powers to those who oppress these minorities is less important, Marcusa says, than the continued existence of these small and powerless minorities who can ruin your life with a word, even if it's not true. But, why, but of course, why? Because every day is January 6th now. The whole post-January 6th period is one of clear and present danger. Consequently, true pacification requires withdrawal of tolerance before the deed at the stage of communication and word, print, and picture, and tweet, and Facebook post. Such extreme suspension of the right of free speech and free assembly is indeed justified only if the whole of society is in extreme danger, and I maintain that our society is in such an emergency situation that it has become the normal state of affairs. Every day is January 6th now. Back to the regular track. It should be evident by now that the exercise of civil rights by those who don't have them presupposes the withdrawal of civil rights from those who prevent their exercise. Did you catch what that is? Should be evident by now that the exercise of civil rights by those who don't have them, that doesn't mean you with your vaccine mandate kicking you out of your life, that means the small and powerless minorities, presupposes the withdrawal of civil rights from those who prevent their exercise. Remember, they have the right not to get sick. For example, they have the right not to be told that they're wrong. And you threaten that right. So we have to withdraw your civil rights because you prevent the exercise of their right not to catch a disease that the vaccine doesn't prevent transmission of anyway. He says also that the liberation of the damned of the earth presupposes suppression not only of their old, but also of their new masters. Whoever were the old masters and whoever the masters now, Trump, must be suppressed. MAGA must be suppressed. Why? Because the liberation of the damned of the earth presupposes that suppression. And every day is January 6th now. As Marcuse teaches us, withdrawal of tolerance from regressive movements before they can become active, intolerance even toward the thought, opinion, and word, and finally, intolerance in the opposite direction, that is toward the self-styled conservatives, to the political right. These anti-democratic notions respond to the actual development of the democratic society which has destroyed the basis for universal tolerance. So the prescription is, we've already had it covered that if Trump couldn't have spoken on January 6th, if there was no right to assembly for the stop the steal, if 
The social media platform Parler accused of facilitating it, which wasn't even the one that had facilitated it, didn't exist to allow that communication of thought, opinion, and word. We couldn't have had that insurrection. But more than that, we have to be intolerant in the other direction. Withdrawal of tolerance from aggressive movements. We have states in this country right now, in the United States of America, which has the First Amendment. We have states saying that they want to make it illegal to discuss election fraud or election irregularities because they stop the steal, right? We have to withdraw tolerance from so-called regressive movements before they can become active. So you have to make it illegal to talk about these things. You have to ban people from social media for it. You have to show intolerance even toward thought, opinion, and word. And finally, intolerance must be extended in the opposite direction. That is toward the self-styled conservatives to the political right. That's why. And then he says, these are anti-democratic notions. Isn't that a problem? No, of course not. He says that we, that those... The, 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 those are responding, he says, to the actual development of the democratic society, which has destroyed the basis for universal tolerance. Because there's any inequality whatsoever at all. There's not universal tolerance. People sometimes say things that are bad or racist or scary or reactionary. There, therefore, we don't actually have a democratic society because democracy means communism. And every day is January 6th now. The conditions under which, he tells us, the conditions under which tolerance can again become a liberating and humanizing force have still to be created. When tolerance mainly serves the protection and preservation of a repressive society, when it serves to neutralize opposition and to render men immune against other and better forms of life, like communism, he doesn't say like communism, I've added that, then tolerance has been perverted. That is what he means by other and better forms of life, by the way. He means communism. He absolutely means communism. There's, there's no dodging it from his philosophy in general, from anything else he wrote or the other contents of this essay that we're not going to go into in depth. So because it's every day is January 6th now and the whole society is in the clear and present danger presented by, clear, uh, by, by uh, January 6th and what it represents, tolerance of these intolerant ideas like stop the steal, etc., mainly serve the protection and preservation of a repressive society. That's how the leftists, the Marcusian leftists, the woke, think. When it serves to neutralize opposition and render men immune against other and better forms of life. Render men immune against better forms of life. What is that? Well, that immune to better forms of life? Because it's communism that he's talking about. It means immune from being infected with the idea that this utopian nonsense is possible. But he says if you call it tolerance to be able to argue against communism, then tolerance has been perverted. And when this perversion starts in the mind of the individual, in his consciousness, his needs, when heteronymous interests, means the varied interests of outside forces in society, like corporations or the government or whatever, the church, your family, when heteronymous interests occupy him before he can experience his servitude, before he realizes that he's a slave in this society, that he doesn't live in a perfect communist utopia, then efforts to counteract his dehumanization must begin at the place of entrance, where the false consciousness takes form, or rather is systematically formed. It must begin with stopping the words and images which feed this consciousness. So every day is January 6th now means 
they must do lots of censorship and purging. They must control the place where the so-called false consciousness of anything that's against communism or their agenda, if we don't want to call it communism, it has to stop that, that thought from ever even possibly entering the head. Did they steal the election? Well, we could use some proof. We would love to know what really happened. And we're not allowed to say that we have skepticism of this. In fact, they're trying to make it illegal to say that in some states. Why? Because that's a false consciousness, according to their narrative, and it must be stopped where it takes form. It must begin with stopping the words and images which feed this consciousness. And he knows this is wrong, because Marcuse says, to be sure, this is censorship, even pre-censorship. And then he justifies it. But openly directed against the more or less hidden censorship that permeates the free media. In other words, it's not leftist communist media. It is now. Every day is January 6th now. The New York Times is publishing the thesis of this essay just in modern updated form. He says, where the false consciousness has become prevalent in national and popular behavior, it translates itself almost immediately into practice. People show up to try to stop the steal, maybe, or to have another rally in, in D.C., which obviously nobody went to Fed Boy rally last summer, except for the Fed Boys, and they arrested each other. And now we have this one on the 23rd coming up. It's another probably Fed Boy rally. Some people have asked me if I'll promote it. No, I'm not going. I wouldn't go. No. Uh, but anyway, to be sure this is censorship, even pre-censorship, but openly directed against the more or less hidden censorship that permeates the free media, where the false consciousness has become prevalent in national and popular behavior, it translates itself almost immediately into practice. The safe distance between ideology and reality, repressive thought and repressive action, between the word of destruction and the deed of destruction is dangerously shortened. Donald Trump stood on that stage and gave a rally speech on the 6th of January, 2021, and the next thing you know, insurrection at the Capitol. Worst day in American history. Worse than Pearl Harbor. Worse than when the volcano in Pompeii exploded. Worse than when the meteor killed the dinosaurs. Worse than when the Black Plague was unleashed on Europe. Worst day of American history. Worst day you could possibly contemplate. Oh my God. Because the safe distance between ideology and reality, repressive thought and repressive action, between the word of destruction and the deed of destruction is dangerously shortened. Thus the break sorry, thus the break through the false consciousness may provide the Archimedean point for a larger emancipation. At an infinitesimally small spot, to be sure, but it, it is on its the but it is on the enlargement of such small spots that the chance of change depends. So what's an Archimedean point? Just to rehash, an Archimedes, Archimedes famously said, give me uh, a lever long enough and a point against which to fix it and I can move the earth. And so the Archimedean point is this point where you can, where you can move a gigantic thing with a very small amount of force. And so the breakthrough the false consciousness may provide the Archimedean point for a larger emancipation. That's what he says here. So what we have here in this essay from the New York Times, every day is January 6th now, is a rehashing of Marcuse's repressive tolerance or the justification for Marcuse's false justification, bogus, in fact, paranoid, ridiculous justification 
of uh, Marcuse's repressive tolerance. The whole post-fascist period is one of clear and present danger. True, consequently, true pacification requires a withdrawal of tolerance before the deed at the stage of communication in word, print, and picture, and apparently, like I said, tweet, Facebook post, etc. The president, the sitting president of the United States, must be removed from social media because he's a danger because of this insurrection that didn't actually happen. The Baudrillardian hyperreal event, uh, January 6th, did not take place, to paraphrase John Baudrillard. It is a uh, it is a farce masquerading as an atrocity or as an insurrection. And so just a par- which is Baudrillard was saying that the Gulf War didn't really take place. There were things that happened and there was an atrocity. But the real thing that we think of as the Gulf, or the thing that we think of the Gulf, as the Gulf War was a hyper-real media production, primarily on CNN, sold to the American public. The Gulf War didn't actually take place. The thing that people think is the Gulf War is a fabrication. That's Baudrillard's point. I'm not taking Baudrillard's side on that point or not. I'm saying that the same point applies. January 6th did not take place. But every day is January 6th now. Every day is this hyper-real January 6th simula- uh, simulacrum of a post-fascist period of clear and present danger. It's a pretense, the pretense of clear and present danger for the justification of the withdrawal of tolerance before the deed at the stage of communication and word, print, and picture, including censorship and pre-censorship, because they believe that some they, they can convince a large section of their base that there was an existential threat to this country and democracy represented in the deeds of January 6th. And now they want us to believe that every day, the entire post-January 6th landscape period is that same problem, those same conditions, thus justifying the relentless application of repressive tolerance where movements from, let me get it exactly right, intolerance against movements from the right and toleration of movements from the left. And as to the scope of this tolerance and intolerance, it would extend to the stage of action as well as of discussion and propaganda of deed as well as of word, meaning the left gets to get away with whatever the living fuck it wants and we're supposed to take it. And the right isn't allowed to so much as get together or have their own social media platform and it has to be destroyed. That's what they're trying to implement. And that's the purpose of this uh, ridiculous farce of the January 6th, which of course isn't really sticking this year. People are making fun of it primarily, but I wanted to connect those things for you. I wanted you to understand that when they say every day is January 6th now in the New York Times, what they're saying is we are in a position where we can try to pull another justification for the Marcusean philosophy that we've applied in society throughout this entire society, and we're going to keep doing it, and we feel justified in doing it. And they're going to continue until we don't allow them to. They feel completely and totally justified, even on this trumped-up nonsense, which, by the way, a lot of the people behind this would know that it's trumped-up nonsense. That's not come out yet, but they would know that. They, of course, they would know that. Nobody in their right mind thinks that. Lots of people in their wrong mind, of course, but nobody in their right mind thinks this is what they're trying to portray it as. And so, the the lesson here is that they still we we live in Marcuse's philosophy. We, in particular, are under the thumb of repressive tolerance, and we are being subjected to uh, even more justification for repressive tolerance as a result of um, the the narrative that they've woven around this January 6th farce. So welcome to 2022, a year out from that. Every day is January 6th now, which just means 
They know they're doing repressive tolerance, and they're going to keep doing repressive tolerance until they have to stop doing repressive tolerance. And that happens when we decide that we're no longer going to put up with anybody in media and politics or whatever who are going to nourish those conditions. And we're going to get them, we're going to vote them out. We're going to primary them. We're going to get them out of their, their roles, their power that they're abusing one way or another. Uh, and then they will continue until they lose the power to do so because as communists, all they care about is a pow- is power and all they know how to do with the power that they get being incompetent wannabe elitists who have no elitism, no actual elite qualities whatsoever in them. All they know how to do when they get power is abuse it. It's all they know how to do. Cycle of abuse turned into to national politics. Every day is January 6th now. <laughs>